0: Hello, world. This is Roger Corvall, and this is For the Hope. Here, we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Have you ever heard a motivational speaker who closed with an ending story or exhortation that just left you breathless? maybe fired up, maybe flowing with tears of joy. Today is one of those days, and it's not me that's the motivational speaker. Hey, Hopeful. Welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we lean into God's story together to better live out our own life and work stories, including picking up the pieces from yesterday, a reflection that, frankly, I think kind of sucked. I was thinking about spiritual growth uh, and the Holy Spirit's role versus my role. And well, there's a reason why I think of this as a conversation with you. Not everything that comes out is a perfectly formed thought. But here is a thought that is perhaps a little more cogent. There is something deep inside each and every one of us that is a desire for living, being full of life, a way of life. And Paul nailed that I think or identifying that in what we read yesterday Romans chapter 7 verse 6 reads but now we have been released from the law for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power now we can serve God not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law but in the new way of living in the spirit now I don't know about you friends but I I'm not there perfectly and want to keep growing in that direction. But with that as a backdrop for today, Romans chapter 8 speaks to how the gospel of Jesus Christ makes new life possible. And I want you to listen for the very end. To me, it is one of the most motivational bits in the whole Bible. Romans chapter 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending His own Son in the likeness of, a, of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us, in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the, fra- of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. Hey, quickie little interjection here. Notice it just in the same paragraph said brothers and sisters, and then right there it just said sons. The translation philosophy of the Christian Standard Bible that I use for the podcast um, takes the word that, you know, like man or brothers, and when it means all people, it says brothers and sisters like we just read. But when it's referring to The legal adoption, meaning you've been legally adopted into God's family. That word son is what connotes that. And of course, is guys and dudes, I mean guys and gals. But that's the context right there. For all those led by God's spirit are God's sons. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, abba father the spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are god's children and if children also heirs heirs of god and co-heirs with christ if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to with the glory that is going to be revealed to us for the creation eagerly awaits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves, who have the Spirit as the firstfruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope, because who hopes for what he sees? Now if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly await for it with patience. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with inexpressible groanings. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, has been raised. He also is at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of christ can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written because of you we are being put to death all day long we are counted as sheep to be slaughtered no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of god that is in christ jesus our lord ah uh, and that my friends is romans chapter 8 and one of the best little motivational lines in the whole bible it's not intended to be a motivational line in in a motivational speech sort of way. But what can separate us from the love of God? A big fat zero, nop, not a zip. <laughs> well, hey, with that, we're turning back to the book of Obadiah. Obadiah is the shortest book in the Old Testament. And while the dating of the book is uncertain, it uh, we know that from the book that it is written after the fall of Jerusalem, but before Babylon's campaign against Edom. So, here we go. A short little prophecy against Edom that spells out what we actually read recently in Lamentations. What Lamentations 4.22 announces, which is restoration for Zion, but doom for Edom. Obadiah. The Vision of Obadiah. This is what the Lord God has said about Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord. An envoy has been sent among the nations, saying, Rise up and let's go to war against her. Look, I will make you insignificant among the nations. You will be deeply despised. Your arrogant heart has deceived you, you who live in clefts of the rock, in your homes on the heights, who say to yourself, Who can bring me down to the ground? Though you seem to soar like an eagle and make your nest among the stars, even from there I will bring you down. This is the Lord's declaration. If thieves came to you, if marauders by night, how ravaged you would be. Wouldn't they steal only what they wanted? If grape harvesters came to you, wouldn't they leave a few grapes? How Esau will be pillaged, his hidden treasures searched out. Everyone who has a treaty with you will drive you to the border. Everyone at peace with you will deceive and conquer you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, and he will be unaware of it. In that day, this is the Lord's declaration, will I not eliminate the wise ones of Edom and those who understand from the hill country of Esau? Teman, your warriors will be terrified so that everyone from the hill country of Esau will be destroyed by slaughter. You, You will be covered with shame and destroyed forever because of the violence done to your brother Jacob. On the day you stood aloof, on the day strangers captured his wealth, while foreigners entered his city gate and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were just like one of them. Do not gloat over your brother in the day of his calamity. Do not rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction. Do not boastfully mock in the day of distress. Do not enter my people's city gate in the day of their disaster. Yes, you do not gloat over their misery in their day of disaster, and do not appropriate their possessions in the day of their disaster." Do not stand at the crossroads to cut off their fugitives, and do not hand over their survivors in the day of distress. For the day of the Lord is near against all the nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. What you deserve will return on your own head. As you have drunk on my holy mountain, so all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and gulp down and be as though they had never been. But there will be a deliverance on Mount Zion, and it will be holy. The house of Jacob will dispossess those who dispossessed them. Then the house of Jacob will be a blazing fire, and the house of Joseph a burning flame. But the house of Esau will be stubble. Jacob will set them on fire and consume Edom. Therefore no survivor will remain of the house of Esau. For the Lord has spoken. People from the Negev will possess the hill country of Esau. Those from the Judean foothills will possess the land of the Philistines. They will possess the territories of Ephraim and Samaria, while Benjamin will possess Gilead. The exiles of the Israelites who are in Halah and who are among the Canaanites as far as Zarephath, as well as the exiles of Jerusalem who are in Sepharad, will possess the cities of the Negev. Saviors will ascend Mount Zion to rule over the hill country of Esau, and the kingdom will be the Lord's. And that is the book of uh, Obadiah. And I probably should have said this before we started, but you probably figured this out. Edom is the land or the descendants of Esau. Remember Jacob and Esau. And uh, one of the highest crimes they've been accused of is... Fratricide, brotherly, brotherly, uh, killing your brother. And so uh, Edom didn't support the Jews or Jerusalem. And um, well, there you go. And with that, remember, we're kind of going approximately chronologically in the Old Testament. So we're back to Jeremiah, where the attention is back on those who remain in Judah after the destruction of Jerusalem and it's also going to talk about woes resulting in rebellion against Babylon, their overlords. And in this case, the futility of that, because it's against God's will. Jeremiah chapter 40. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord after Nebuzaradan, captain of the guards, released him at Ramah. When he found him, he was bound in chains with all the exiles of Jerusalem and Judah who were being exiled to Babylon. The captain of the guards took Jeremiah and said to him, The Lord your God decreed this disaster on this place, and the Lord has fulfilled it. He has done just what he decreed. Because you people have sinned against the Lord and have not obeyed him, this thing has happened. Now pay attention. Today I am setting you free from the chains that were on your hands. If it pleases you to come to, with me to Babylon, come and I'll take care of you. But if it seems wrong to you to come with me to Babylon, go no farther. Look, the whole land is in front of you. Wherever it seems good and right for you to go, go there. When Jeremiah had not yet turned to go, Nebuzaradan said to him, Return to Gedaliah, son of Ahakam, son of Shaphan, whom the king of Babylon has appointed over the cities of Judah, and stay with him among the people, or go wherever it seems right for you to go. So the captain of the guards gave him a ration and a gift and released him. Jeremiah therefore went to Gedaliah, son of Ahakam, at Mitzpah, and he stayed with him among the people who remained in the land. Next section Gedaliah advises peace. All the commanders of the army that were in the countryside, they and their men, heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahakam, over the land. He had been put in charge of the men, women, and children from among the poorest of the land who had not been deported to Babylon. So they came to Gedaliah at Mitzpah. The commanders included Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, Jehoannon and Jonathan, the sons of Korea, Sariah the son of Tanumath, the sons of Ephi, the Netaphathite, and Jezaniah son of the Machathite, they and their men. Gedaliah son of Ahakam son of Shaphan swore an oath to them and their men, assuring them, saying, Don't be afraid to serve the Chaldeans. Live in the land and serve the king of Babylon, and it will go well for you. As for me, I am going to live in Mitzpah to represent you before the Chaldeans who come to us. As for you, gather wine, summer fruit, and oil. Place them in your storage jars and live in the cities you have captured. When all the Judeans in Moab and among the Ammonites and in Edom and in all the other lands also heard that the king of Babylon had left a remnant in Judah and had appointed Gedaliah son of Ahakam son of Shaphan over them, they all returned from all the places where they had been banished and came to the land of Judah to Gedaliah and Mitzpah and harvested a great amount of wine and summer fruit. Meanwhile, Jehoanan, son of Korea and all the commanders of the armies in the countryside came to Gedaliah at Mitzpah and warned him. Don't you realize that Baalis, king of the Ammonites, has sent Ishmael, son of Nethaniah, to kill you? But Gedaliah, son of Ahakam, would not believe them. Then Jehoanan, son of Korea, suggested to Gedaliah in private at Mitzpah, Let me go kill Ishmael, son of Nethaniah. No one will know it. Why should he kill you and allow all of Judah that he has gathered around you to scatter and the remnant of Judah to perish? But Gedaliah son of Ahakam responded to Jehoan and son of Korea. Don't do that. What you're saying about Ishmael is a lie. Next section. Gedaliah assassinated by Ishmael. In the seventh month, Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, son of al of the royal family, and one of the king's chief officers came with ten men to Gedaliah, son of Ahakam, at Mitzpah. They ate a meal there together in Mitzpah. But then Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, and the ten men who were with him got up and struck down Gedaliah, son of Ahakam, son of Shaphan, with a sword. He killed the one the king of Babylon had appointed in the land. Ishmael also struck the down all the judeans who were with gedaliah at mitzpah as well as the chaldean soldiers who were there on the day after he had killed gedaliah when no one knew it yet 80 men came from shechem shiloh and samaria who had shaved their beards torn their clothes and gashed themselves and who were carrying grain and incense offerings to bring to the temple of the lord ishmael son of nathaniah came out of mitzpah to meet them weeping as he came when he encountered them, he said, Come to Gedaliah son of Ahakam. But when they came into the city, Ishmael son of Nathaniah, and the men who were with him slaughtered them and threw them into a cistern. However, there were ten men among them who said to Ishmael, don't, don't, don't kill us, for we have hidden treasure in the field, wheat, barley, oil, and honey. So he stopped and did not kill them along with their companions. Now the cistern where Ishmael had thrown all the corpses of the men he had struck down was a large one that King Asa had made in the encounter with King Bashah of Israel. Ishmael son of Nathaniah, filled it with the slain. Then Isra- Then Ishmael took captive all the rest of the people of Mitzpah, including the daughters of the king, all those who remained in Mitzpah, over whom Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guards, had appointed Gedaliah son of Ahakam, and Ishmael, Son of Nethaniah took them captive and set off to cross over to the Ammonites. And that, my friends, gets us up through chapter 41, verse 10. And can I just close with this? We're going to roll for just one more minute. Can I just encourage you to nurture the longing in your own heart? Uh, kind of reflecting back on Romans 8, I know it might, your heart might grieve over your sin, but have you ever stopped to think that? that that itself is an indicator of the good and the true and the beautiful? I mean, we may not even know what to pray as we should according to the will of God, but you're not, you're not only loved, you are known. Your struggles aren't a surprise to God. So God's not the author of evil, never is, never will be, but he's sovereign over it. And like we see repeatedly in the Old Testament, he can and will make all things work together for your ultimate good, and nothing can separate you from him. So, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height or depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm, I love you. Amen.